Happy Sunday. I hope everyone's having a great weekend. It was my birthday yesterday, so I had a wonderful day and so grateful for my friends and family and everybody who wished me a happy birthday and made me feel special. It was really, really meaningful to me. Um, so today I want to discuss about emotional hurts from the past and how um, how to have a healthy relationship um, with your partner. So this is one of the most important questions I think anyone can ask of ourselves. How can I identify and heal any unhealthy emotional patterns formed in my past so they don't sabotage my adult relationships? Um, I think the most important and first step is to acknowledge the existence of emotional baggage and, you know, the willingness to get rid of it. I think that's the most important step because sadly, most people will never, never admit that their past experiences are emotionally handicapping them in their present lives and therefore will never have the opportunity to experience, I guess what I call true emotional freedom. And I define emotional freedom as the freedom to live as a person you want to live and love as much as you want to love. It's, it's freedom from the past and freedom from a paralyzed way of thinking so you can live in the present. And honestly, in order, <clears throat> excuse me, in order to heal the past, you have to understand sort of what that emotional programming was. Um, you know, emotional programming is simply put a set of decisions you make about yourself or others and the world in general when you were young growing up. Um, you know, obviously as an infant, you came into the world with a blank slate. Um, even though obviously you have genetic predispositions to things, you had no experiences to affect your, you know, outlook on life, whether positive or negative. So those experiences that you have when you're young help you form a decision about yourself, about your parents, about people and about your life. You know, if your parents, for example, had a bad, unhealthy, unhappy, turbulent relationship, and as an infant or small child, you heard fighting all the time, you might have unconsciously decided, hey, I have to always be good so I don't make people I love unhappy, or it's not safe for me to express my feelings. Um, it'll create outbursts and upset, so I have to be quiet, um, which affects your relationships as an adult. Or another example, you know, maybe your father or mother was emotionally distant and not there for you. You may unconsciously decide that you can't count on people um, or people who love me will abandon me. It creates abandonment issues. So each experience, which you likely are unaware of unless you've explored this, each experience you have as a child really helps craft and make certain decisions um, that you make as an adult. And until you have an understanding of that, you might be making decisions that are uh, unexplainable, consistent, but decisions that always leave you in a bad place because you're making bad decisions about your partner or about how to approach a relationship.
So that emotional programming, you really need to understand it, I think. Um, And I've always been aware of this because I don't know if I've mentioned this, but from the ages of 12 on, I used to go to sleep literally with psychology books surrounding me. And I mean, I did this well into my 20s. I always went to sleep with books and I would thumb through them and I would read about relationships and all sorts of things. Um, So aside from Dr. Ruth advising me about sexual matters, I actually read a lot of psychology books and I would say that I learned a lot uh, just just literally from the age of 12 to now, I still buy them. I love psychology books. Um, I, I thumb through them, I read them. I have a reference library of any behavior you could imagine. Clearly, I should have been a psychiatrist. <laughs> I always say that I should have been a lawyer, but in truth, I think I would have been a good psychologist, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but anyhow, back to the emotional programming, it occurs when we're young. And I, I recall reading um, reading a book that said that psychologists estimate that 50% of your emotional programming comes from the ages of zero to five. And then you receive another emotional programming between the ages of five and eight. So that means by the time you're eight years old, you're 80% programmed psychologically. So 80% of the decisions about yourself and about others have already been decided by the time you're eight years old. Now, by the time you're eight to 18, in those more formative years, you receive 15% more of your emotional programming. That's crazy. (laughs) So by the time you're 18 years old, you're 95% complete. That leaves 5% for the rest of your life. So that's, that's impressive. So it might not seem like much, but that 5% is where you can make the change. And that 5% is where you can craft the life that you want. And that 5% is what you need to be aware of because it's where you're going to find your satisfaction because all that emotional programming when you were young it came as a result of I guarantee you needs unsatisfied negative observations um so that five percent gives us all hope and it gives us the ability to find the relationships that nourish our soul um and you, and you can change it. You can change that 95%. But the thing is, you have to understand why. You have to understand all that you're unaware of and what motivates you in the relationships. So that 5% of your mind can be conscious. It can say, I want to be a loving husband to my wife. I want to be an amazing lover. I want to be a fantastic spouse. I want to be present for my family and my children. I want to give 100% of myself. Um, but maybe the 95% of your mind unconsciously is programmed to avoid intimacy because of your parents' relationship. So you keep a wall up around your heart. It's so important to understand your emotional programming. You have to identify the old unresolved emotion that can be trapped inside of your heart. Because if you don't work on it, you're not gonna be able to obtain the relationships that you want. You have to understand your unhealthy choices. 
so you can make new healthy choices. You have to really evaluate your situation. It's so much more layered than than what it appears to be. Trust me, it is. Um, you need to open yourself up to attracting what you really want. And you cannot do this until you recognize what your programming is all about. So I guess I would suggest that you find a system of healing that incorporates working on releasing the old emotions and finding real practical behavioral changes so you can build new healthy habits. And it's a lot of work. There's no question about it. This is a project. This is a project. But imagine going your whole life wanting a happy, healthy relationship and saying that and, and wanting to be a loving, wonderful, amazing spouse or attracting that but you never do. And you always say, oh, I never meet the right guys. I have a friend of mine, for example, who always says, how do I always end up in the same situation? She's in a long-term relationship. I mean, long, like a year or two. And they always break up at that two-year mark. And it just never goes past the two-year mark. And she's like, I want a relationship. But for some reason, at two years, you know, either I act a certain way or I push the guy away, but I really want that connection. I want to be married. But the, but after two years, I find myself pushing the man away. So, you know, I've really encouraged her to evaluate, you know, how did she grow up? What was that relationship that she observed? What were her parents doing? And if it's not your parents, your grandparents, whoever that formative relationship uh, was that you observed, it has a huge influence on you, how your father treated your mother, how your mother treated your father. Very, very poignant. If your father was present in your life, if your mother was present in your life, did any of them have alcoholism, drug use, depression, illness, chronic, you know, anything chronic disease or anything that would impair their ability to be fully present in your life, that will affect you. That will affect your choices. Um, it's really fascinating when you start to observe it. And if you take the time to really, you know, you got to dig through the weeds here. It's a little bit ugly. It's a little bit messy. Um, you have to evaluate your parents, not as a parental unit, but as two individual people, you have to detach emotionally in order to do this self-analysis of family. Otherwise, you're going to get upset. Maybe you're going to think, oh, my father was an alcoholic. Maybe he was abusive to your mother. Just try to detach yourself emotionally and look at each individual collectively as just a standalone person, not, not in the marriage. So look at your father. How did he grow up? Look at your grandparents. Look at their experiences. You know, if they were immigrants coming to the U.S., that right there is also, that affected them. You know, they left their family, the comforts of their life behind. You know, maybe they were excited and anxious at the same time. Maybe that anxiety created insecurity in your parents. And so they're very conservative and they're worried, you know, um, they have that mentality that the world's out to get them. Well, guess what? If that's how you were brought up, 
you're not going to be a trusting person. You're going to think everybody's out to get you. You're not going to be trusting in your relationship. And that all stemmed from your great-grandparents who were immigrants and, and their fear and that generational trauma and fear that's passed down. It's really layered. Um, and if you take the time, if you can't do it on your own, go to a therapist and, and work through this. But, you know, you, I think you can do it on your own if you take the time and you don't have the fear to look in the mirror of your family, in particularly your family of origin. Um, if you're not afraid to evaluate what you're going to find, and you shouldn't be, because it really is determined, it's already predetermined who you are. So not having that bit of information will not serve you well. You know, not acknowledging it and not facing it will per further perpetuate bad behavior or not just bad behavior. You're not going to get the love you want. You're not going to get the fulfilling, nurturing, satisfying relationship that you want, that you desire, and you may not be capable of giving it. Um, so get a notebook, literally. Put in one column your mother, your father, and your grandparents, and do the analysis of all of those relationships. And if there were any issues, alcoholism, as I said before, um, was anybody an adulterer or adulteress? that will affect your relationships and how you trust people. And perhaps you're recreating the same behavior. Um, abuse as well, domestic violence, all of that drug abuse, addiction, you know, gambling, manic behavior, depression, bipolar, put it down on paper, as much information as you can and get, take a good hard look at that data. And you're going to have a really good understanding of the flaws that you have, as well as the people that you attract in your life. And, um, and you know, you're going to find that oftentimes we choose partners that are similar to our parents and we try to recreate that relationship um, in the hopes, in the hopes and in the expectation of having a better outcome. Um, and it, it can be really problematic because you never do get that outcome. You end up picking a partner who has the same deficiencies and you get the same result and it's typically never positive. So what you really want to do is change the type of person you're looking for. Acknowledge where the deficiencies were in your family of origin. Identify the issue identify the red flags, identify the person and type of man or woman that you keep attracting that's bringing you unhappiness. And you will attribute it to a connection in your youth. And you can reprogram yourself. It just takes effort, it takes time, and it takes desire. But you have the tools, literally. Get a notebook and a pen and give yourself a day and take the time and learn about yourself, learn about your family, learn about your grandparents on both sides, understand their story and their journey because you really do stand on their shoulders. We stand on the shoulders of our ancestors. 
the good and the bad and the ugly and the difficult. And we absorb all of that. And then we pass it down to our children. So you're really doing your own children a service by recognizing those destructive patterns and changing them so you don't pass that unhealthiness down to your children and they can lead fulfilling lives and attract healthy people into their lives. So if you're not doing it for yourself, do it for your children. Um, it's worth the evaluation. And if you need help with it, reach out to me. I'm happy to help you with this process. I've done it for myself many, many times. Um, it's a good Sunday project and uh, good luck. And let me know how that turns out for you. I think it's fascinating. Have a great day. And thank you for listening to Embracing Life.